Hello, Stephen Allen here. Follow on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen. Here are the sketches that I did during September. I, like many people around here, have been the victim of a scary home invasion. What happened? I arrived home to find a massive spider. Oh, dear. It's happening a lot. One news story I read said that the recent rain has made spiders think it was autumn and triggered premature mating. Not sure what that means. It's not like the spiders needed to focus on their GCSEs first. It was after I'd been out performing at a stand-up comedy club. I got home late, turned on the lights, and then... I don't normally scream like that, but this was huge. I took a picture to share on my Twitter account, but it didn't really capture the size of the thing. I put a 50 pence piece next to it for scale, but the spider took it and spent it. Did it spend it in the shops? No, it spent it on the web. Someone tweeted saying, Don't hurt it, it's looking for a mate. You know, that's the quickest way to get hurt in my experience. To find out more, I'm joined by an anorak. Um, I'm an arachnologist. I'm going to get proved right. Why are these spiders coming into our homes? It came into your home because it was looking for a mate. Really? I'm flattered, but it wasn't really my type. Hardly moving, long, spindly, hairy legs. If I like that, I Don't could have just... Don't finish that joke. Your ex might be listening. Okay. At three inches long, it's too big to have running around your house. But they do eat flies. I don't have three-inch-long flies in my place. Doesn't seem like that much of a gain. So if anyone else has this problem, what can they do? They're too big to fit under a glass and can outrun humans, so there's only one thing you can do. Label all the food in the fridge as yours and ask him to chip in with the rent. Yellow Pages is coming to an end. In a world where most people do things online, yet another physical world version of something is being phased out. In the future, young people won't believe that we used to look up businesses in a massive directory. Oh yeah, and they were all in alphabetical order. That's why you have a taxi firm called... Ah! Cars! I thought that was because they drove fast, yeah? The last run of the business directory will be in January. They're printing extra because they think it will be a collector's edition. And the sad thing is, they're probably right. People collect one-pound coins that are broken, so they'll love this. And in about 30 years' time, someone will try and hunt one down. They'll search online for junk shops or something. They'll call them up and say... Do you have a copy of The Last Yellow Pages? You do? Could you keep one for me? My name? Yes, it's... Yellow Pages. Probably an Irish name. You know who I feel sorry for in all this? The little kid in the ad where the girl has the mistletoe and he gets the Yellow Pages, stands on it so he can reach. Well, now she'll get the mistletoe. He'll have to get his iPad, log on to the Yell website, put it on the floor, stand on it. He still won't be tall enough to get a kiss and he'll have cracked his screen and he won't be able to find a place that can repair it because his device is broken and they don't print the Yellow Pages for him. What he should do is call up beforehand. Hello? Do you have a book that's tall enough for me to stand on so I can kiss a girl? You do? Could you keep one for me? My name, it's Tom Cruise. There's only one story I could talk about, really. What? Should I give you a clue? Little chubby face across all the news channels in the future? Kim Jong-un? No, big round face, little bit of hair on top, crying. Wayne Rooney? The Royal Baby. Oh, I've got it. Is it the Royal Baby? Yes. The news was announced that Kate is expecting again. It can't be easy raising royal children, and there are so many traditions. Like, with normal children, you have a lot of nappies to change. With the royal one, you have the official changing of the nappy. You have to wear one of those fairy hats. The news may come as much-needed PR for the royal family after last week, but it's kicked off the debate about the role that they play. And to look more into this, I'm joined by a monarchist... Hello, Steve. ...and a republicist. Hello, Steve. So, you don't like the royal family? I don't like... 
being ruled over by someone just because they're in one family. I don't like the monarchy. I even think Dominic King should have to change his name. Whereas you think the royals are good? Oh, indeed. We need more. With Prince Philip stepping down, we need spare princes. Prince George may take over some of Prince Philip's appearances. You can't do that. He's so young. He doesn't know the social rules. He doesn't know what you can and can't say. Exactly. He will replace Prince Philip. And remember, the royals bring in tourism. Oh, come on. We've got Harry Potter world now. They're a big family that lives off the state. Channel 4 will make a show about them. We should be more like America. Not ruled over by someone who hasn't won a popular vote and something strange on their head. Have you seen Donald Trump? Oh, yeah. Some people have been upset since John Lewis said it was scrapping boys' and girls' kids' clothes to avoid reinforcing gender stereotypes. The move has been praised by campaign groups, but criticised by others who have threatened to boycott the chain. But it's not like they're getting rid of all gender-specific words. It's called John Lewis. The chain now uses labels that say boys and girls or girls and boys. And as a child, it doesn't really matter what you wear. I had lots of hand-me-downs. Not surprising, but you need to remember I have two older sisters. I know it was a different time. It was the 80s. Those rah-rah skirts are a difficult look to pull off. Removing the gender from clothing might actually make life simpler. Like, have you heard of boyfriend jeans? They're what women wear sometimes even if they're single. Very confusing. And it must be harsh if you're married and your wife says, Could you pass me my boyfriend jeans? Boyfriend? Is there something you're not telling me? Just because it says something on clothes doesn't mean it's true. Despite what my t-shirt said, I didn't shoot JR. And you might have a top that says Everton on it, doesn't mean you actually play for them. It means you found it in the street after Colleen tipped a whole wardrobe out of a window. But to find out more, I'm joined by a snowflake. Uh, actually Steve, I find that term offensive. Of course you do. We think removing gender from labels stops the oppression of people through gender normative presumptions. But anyone can wear anything regardless of the label. That's true freedom. But society tells us some items are for one gender, some items are for another, and we think there shouldn't be any labels on clothes. Then how will we know what size they are? The best news ever. Even better than those headlines you hear that say chocolate is good for you or red wine helps you live longer or even your ex officially can't do better. Researchers have found that smart people are lazier than everyone else. Whereas people may think I'm being lazy, I'm actually just very smart. Well, how does that work? I don't know. I didn't read the whole article. I'm too lazy. I mean smart. Hang on, let's have a look. It says people who don't like to spend too much time thinking tend to be more physically active than those who'd rather exercise their brain. Well, that explains why everyone else on this station does a three or four hour show most days and I work for about 90 seconds at a time. And the flip side of the coin is that the people who don't use their brain as much will show to be more physically active. So if you don't feel like going down the gym, you can tell yourself, well, I think I'm just being too smart today. I suppose that means they'll live longer, probably have more children. So in the future, they'll take over the world. No wonder in Star Trek the doors are automatic. By then we'll struggle to be smart enough to work a door handle. But to find out more, let's speak to an expert. Hello. Hello, Steve. So what people think is me just not being bothered is actually me being really smart. Well, the study found that smart people are lazy, not that lazy people are smart. How do you mean? Just because you only do a few minutes work a day and don't go to the gym doesn't prove that you're clever. You might just be bone idle. Oh. Anything else? Well, I meant to end this on a punchline that makes me look clever. And? I can't be bothered. 
Nothing causes more anger than a discussion about child parking. Too right. I don't think people should park children at all. If you wanted to have them, you should look after them. I literally have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm talking about the parent and child bays in car parks. It's been suggested that people who park in those bays when they shouldn't should get a £25 fine. According to a survey, 10% of people support the fine. But 10% isn't very high. It's probably around the number of people who can park in those parking bays. Funny that. It can be annoying. In some multi-storey car parks at busy times, those spaces are the only ones left. If you go shopping on a Saturday morning, it can be quicker to conceive, gestate and give birth to get a space rather than just go round and round the floors. Some say they're cynical. The reason supermarkets started doing them is that parents with young children spend a lot more than just a single person in a car. So if one of those doesn't get a space and has to drive off, the shop would rather it be the one who spends less. But what do you think? I went along to a car park to find out. Excuse me, I've noticed you're parked in a parent and child bay. Well, yes, I have. Oh, where is it? She's at home. Hi, I see that you've just parked in a parent and child bay, but you don't have a child in the car. No, I'm the child. Uh, that's my dad. But these white spaces are for things like getting the child into a buggy. Well, we can if you like, but I don't think we'll be able to push it. Oh, uh, excuse me, what do you think of plans to fine people £25 for using parent and child spaces if they don't have a child? £25 for a day's parking? Seems like a bargain round here. When I was at school, I remember the teacher said to me, What are you doing here? You left 17 years ago. Good times. But when I was actually going there, I remember one said, An education is never wasted. But these days, there are courses in such pointless subjects. You can get a degree in pizza. That's just eating. You can get a degree in puppetry. That's just putting your hand up something. You can get a degree in English literature. That's just reading. Well, now you can get a qualification in dog walking. Why do you need a course in dog walking? You don't hear of people getting it wrong. Well, I got everything ready. I went round a park, played fetch with a stick, got back, and then I realised forgot to take the dog with me. Then why did you need the pooper scooper? Don't ask. It's a two and a half day course that gives you a level two city and guild certificate. And it's part of the overqualification of things. These days we expect everyone to have done a course. Plumbers do a course. Baristas have to study. The next thing they'll be expecting people to do a course before they go on radio for the BBC. You mean you haven't done the BBC course? Well, it's no time to answer that right now. But dog walking isn't something you should need a qualification for. You can be self-taught. It's one of the jobs where actually it's more important who you know. If you want to get into dog walking, you've got to have the right leads. So why are you so against it? Because I never wanted to work in comedy. I always wanted to be a dog walker. The walkies, the rollover, the fetch, the sits. So I took the test. I passed the walkies. I passed the rollover. I passed the fetch. But I failed the rest. Well, don't worry. You can always do the resits. Good news for anyone who's worried about the planet being overrun by pandas. Chan Chan, the giant panda, is not pregnant. A team of experts and keepers at Edinburgh Zoo have made repeated attempts to try and get Chan Chan pregnant in the past few years, but they've been unsuccessful. Did they try getting another panda to do it? They did. Good. The problem is that it's hard for giant pandas. There are only three days a year when they can mate. If that's Valentine's birthday and Christmas, I think we've all been in those relationships. Maybe it's time they need to realise Chan Chan's just not ready to settle down yet. She's just not found Mr. Right. In a species that's dying out, that's harder to do. There aren't as many to pick from. They need some sort of app, like a Tinder for pandas. A Pinder, if you will. The only problem with that is, if a bear swipes left on you, you're probably going to need stitches. The panda is an odd beast, technically a carnivore, but they live 
live off a kind of grass. They shouldn't be in Edinburgh. They should be in some trendy part of London with their ethical friends. Oh, you must meet Chan Chan. She's from China. Zoologically, she's a carnivore, but she doesn't eat meat. But darling, is that real fur? This all comes after months of speculation in the papers that maybe she was expecting. And can I just say, it is typical of the press. Just because maybe she gained a little weight, they were all like, oh, is she pregnant? She probably had a big meal or something. It's bad enough when they constantly do it to Jennifer Aniston. But poor Chan Chan. The pressure that pandas, especially female pandas, feel about their bodies is just too much. You know, I saw one panda in a zoo, so worried. All she was eating was bamboo. Today, we say thank you to Pat Marsh for bringing this important story to our attention. It's shocking. New research says only 11% of us have a plan in place for what we do in the event of a zombie apocalypse. My favourite word in that headline is the word only. Only 11%. Lots of people don't have adequate pension provisions in place. And needing a pension could happen. We don't need to worry about a zombie outbreak because zombies don't exist. Of course, people don't need to plan out a zombie response. Besides, you just wait it out in a bedroom or a loft. But what about food? What? There's no food in a loft. The zombies don't leave. You need to eat. Well, okay, then I'd fight them. Or hand to hand to be stronger than you. Because they're zombies. Well, that too. Okay, okay, then some of us need a plan. To find out more, I'm joined by a zombie expert. Most people who have a plan would just stay at home and do nothing. I'd do that even without a zombie apocalypse. Only 15% say that they would rescue their friends. Do you have the names of those 15%? Because my plan might be become friends with them first. One thing I know is that if I did survive the zombie apocalypse, I'd have to find another job. Why? Well, you can't be a stand-up comedian if the audience is full of zombies. Would you please welcome Mr. Stephen Allen? Hi, hello, hello. Uh, Well, it's nice to be here. What's the deal with reality TV stars, eh? You're eating brains, that's like being on the 5-2 diet, am I right? Who's with me? No? Oh, I'm dying up here. Not like that, calm down. The great thing about Prime Minister's questions is that we learn some very important information. Stuff like about the economy. Well, no one cares about the economy. Stuff about Brexit. Oh, that'll never happen. By the time we finally sort out the negotiations with the EU, the AI computers will have taken over. This week, we learned that one MP is going on a TV dating show. And that is important news because, well, it's a warning. Anyone could have signed up for a TV show without knowing that they, they could be paired off with a politician. I know it can't be easy for politicians to to meet people, politicians just don't have a good reputation at following through on promises. And now, the vows. I, the Right Honourable MP, promise to honour and cherish you if the conditions are right so to do, and any failing in our relationship is down to the legacy of the failing boyfriend that went before me. Prime Minister Theresa May mentioned in the House of Commons that Litchfield MP Michael Fabricant is to appear on a TV dating show. To find out more, I'm joined by my showbiz correspondent. Hello. Hey, Stevie. So what show is it? He's going to be on Celebrity First Date. Is he a celebrity? But if you don't think he should be on that show, would you rather he was on a different dating show? You want to see him on Love Island in a mankini? Not really. He's the one with hair like Boris Johnson. It looked like that advert for cheese strings. But I knew it wasn't that, because she said it was a Channel 4 dating show. Do you think he would have gone on Naked Attraction? Well, I don't know. I've not really seen much of the Honourable Member. If you wanted to see... You know what, we'll leave that there. Thank you. 
We live in a nation where obesity is a problem. Overeating will kill more people than Kim Jong-un is likely to. If you really wanted to attack us, it'd send over operatives to open a chain of restaurants. Fast food might be a bigger problem than we realize. A new study has found that children living close to fast food outlets gain more weight through primary school than those who do not. It makes sense. If you don't live near a fast food place, you have to walk further to get your fast food and therefore burn more calories. Or they just eat healthier food. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Fruit, veg. Nope, you're just making sounds. But it is good to know. You know how some posh people will move to an area to get their children into a better school? Well, now they'll do a similar thing with this. Oh, yeah, we just got a new four-bed. Yeah, near a vegan place. Absolutely miles from the nearest burger joint. Yeah. It costs a lot, but it's worth it for our Tarquin. Well, to find out more, I'm joined by an expert. Hello. Yeah, hello, Steve. So will rich people move away from fast food places? Actually, it might not happen. This study found a link between obesity and living near a fast food place. But previous studies have found a link between obesity and poverty, and there tend to be more fast food places in poor areas. You know you're posh when you can't name 15 different ways to fry chicken. I can think of 18. My point exactly. How should we solve this? Make fast food places have membership systems like a gym. Being near fast food makes you eat more, but being a member of a place like a gym pretty much guarantees you'll go once in January and never again. In China, they've unveiled a new train that will travel at 2,500 miles per hour. 2,500? That's faster than the trains we have over here by nearly 2,500 miles per hour. It's what they call a flying train, which I thought had already been invented but was called an aeroplane. But apparently, it's different. It's still at the design stage, but could be completed, built, and arrive at its destination before a British train gets there. The plan is that they would run on a tube system. Again, the concept of a train running in a tube is something we already have. We call it the London Underground, and those trains do not hit high speeds. I wish they would, though. I would love to see someone doing their makeup while doing Mach 3. All the bumping and rocking that end up looking like Adam Ant. Yep, travelling at 2,500 miles per hour means the trains will be going three times the speed of sound. By the time the announcement has told you to mind the gap, you've already gone past it. People are saying how great it would be to have trains that fast over here, but we'd still get it wrong. Like, it would get you into London in record time, but thanks to engineering works, you'd have to get out at Blackfriars, and no one wants to go there. The tubes have the air sucked out of them to reduce drag, but over here we'd probably have delays due to the wrong kind of gas on the line. There are concerns that the human body might not be able to cope with the G-forces involved. To find out more, I'm joined by an expert. So what's the problem? Well, accelerating to 2,500 miles per hour puts an awful strain on the body. And what would happen? You'd find yourself crushed pressed up against the end of the carriage, unable to move and struggling to breathe. So, just like getting on one of our trains during rush hour. Scientists claim they've bottled a natural smell. Now, I know what you're thinking. So what? I used to do that with my flatmate's Tupperware when he annoyed me. Oh, I think these brings her off. But no, not like that. They've managed to capture a lightning storm in a bottle. I used to drink that in the park. No, the smell. You know, you can tell when there's been a storm because there's a certain odour in the air. Also, everything is drenched and people are talking about the weather. But the smell really gives it away. My dog's afraid of thunder, so there's certainly a smell then. When a storm has happened, there is a smell called petrichor. You what? Petrichor. It's the word for the smell you get after a storm. I know it sounds like what Sid James would say if he saw a blue Peter dog he really liked, but it's not 
not. And they've put that smell in a bottle, which is totally useless. I mean, what are you going to do with that smell? Spray it all over you so you can turn up late to work and say, Oh, sorry, you'll never guess what happened. Was there a really dry storm? To find out more, I'm joined by an osmologist. How did they make this smell? Interesting. They took samples of the air in Essex after a storm and looked at the chemicals. What, just over in Essex? Yes. Indeed, I have a sample here. Mm. Yes, let me see. I'm getting earthy tones, hints of grass, fake tan. Oh, you can't say that. Michael Kors handbags. Oh, come on. Mm. Spilt WKD. Oh, you can't say that about the people of Essex. Uh, let me pour the rest of it into this mug. Well, how does that help? Well, now you really can be upset about a storm in a teacup. No. <laughs> New research says women cry 4,680 times in their life. So I should look out for someone who's already cried 4,675 times. I'd only have to get through five more, and boom, plain sailing. But where would I find a woman who's already cried over 4,000 times? I think Amanda Holden's done that on Britain's Got Talent. Good point. And if I had to work that near Simon Cowell, I think I would too. The research shows that women cry twice as much as men. So men cry three times a month. And one of those is when the credit card bill arrives... So those other two times show that we men are now more in touch with our feelings than ever before. And do you know what I think about that? Yes, it's alright. Not bothered, really. When was the last time you welled up? Just last week. That's when I sat down funny. But it's now so okay for men to be open about their feelings that the survey found women are now more upset about crying in public than men are. And what's the point about getting upset if you cry in public? You'll get so upset you'll just cry some more and then you'll be there all day. When men say they don't mind crying in public, we probably think it's some stoic look off into the distance with a single tear rolling down our cheek. Not the real way it happens, with a snot bubble on your nose and your face so screwed up at first people think you're doing a Robert De Niro impression. This comes just a few weeks after another piece of research found that men cry more at films when they're on an aeroplane. It's like the Mile Cry Club. Still, it could be understandable. <laughs> you alright, mate? No. Was that a sad film? No, it's not that. It's just, we're on a budget airline, so I don't know if I'll ever get home again. <laughs> How many students does it take to change a light bulb? Is that some kind of joke? Well, eventually, and hopefully some kind of satirical one about local politics or something. That's kind of the point of these things. But no, right now, it's a question. Oh, uh, I don't know. How many students does it take to change a light bulb? New research says that half of students have never changed one. It's very easy to hear news like that and think, Oh, students these days don't know they're born. Must be hard to tell if you have been if you sat in the dark. But I think there's more to unpack in this story. For some, we're in Freshers' Week, which means they've been students for less than a week. Bulbs last longer than that. In fact, LED bulbs can last for decades, which means some students haven't been alive long enough to see a light bulb go. It'll come as a shock when they see their first one go in their mid-twenties. And for those who have seen a light bulb go, remember, students in their first year are 19, still teenagers. Some teenagers like living in the dark. Do you want me to put the light on? Get out of my room, Dad. Oh. They're like mushrooms, but mushrooms never say, Well, didn't ask to be born. Oh. So, if half of students have changed bulbs, how many does it take to change one? Two? The important question isn't how many students does it take, it's should they be allowed to change a light bulb. Yes, you get enough students, they can change it, but three years later, those students go home, leaving us with the new light bulb that they've put in. No, oh, no, wait, sorry. I was thinking of MP, not light bulb. Local satire joke. Boom. 
Today, it's a warning. There's a new weapon out there that we should be careful of. It looks like Cuba may have invented a new sound weapon. What? Oh, looks like they've got you already. Oh, I hear you. I mean, what is it? Well, no one really knows, but the US has said that 21 of its diplomats have been attacked by a sci-fi sonic weapon, a sound that causes disorientation and memory loss, like the music in nightclubs. That always gave me disorientation and memory loss when I went clubbing. Nothing to do with a drink? Nope. It's not the first time sound has been weaponized. Loud rock music used to be played to people in Guantanamo Bay as an interrogation technique. Clearly, that wouldn't work. A lot of teenagers listen to rock music and they can barely put three words in a sentence. So that plan was doomed. Classical music gets played at tube stations that have a history of crime because people don't tend to get into fights when there's classical music playing. That's why I took up the cello. Self-defense. If the US diplomats affected, some say they heard a sound like crickets or cicadas. Although they were in Cuba, which is where cicadas live. Could have been that, just saying. One diplomat described being jolted awake in a Havana hotel by a sound of grinding. But there is a chance R. Kelly was in the room next door. I can't show you what the sound is like to keep you safe. Look, look at your mixing desk. We found it. Well, really? Yeah, that is the most annoying sound there. It really gets to people. It can ruin their day. Press it. Good morning. I'm Stephen Allen. Oh, very funny. Yeah, I thought so. Do you ever wonder what people who used to be on TV are up to these days? We have to come back to BBC Radio Kent and take cover shifts on breakfast. Well, yes, but also Mary Berry, since she was on The Great British Bake Off, do you know what she's been doing? No. She's been driving sheep across a bridge. I mean, she's got the right to because she is a freeman of the City of London. Or is that free man? Freeman. Free man. What difference does it make? I know it's only a subtle change, but it would ruin the prisoner. I am not a number. I am a freeman. A freeman, free man, of the City of London has the right to drive sheep across London Bridge. It's an ancient law, and I don't blame her for making use of it. But it must be disappointing when you find out that's the perk. And you can drive sheep across London Bridge. Oh, could we swap it for drive a car over the QE2 bridge without paying dart charge? No? Some people might not like it that old laws are being used. Isn't there a law that pregnant women can use a policeman's helmet as a toilet? Maybe it happens already, all the time, and it's just not being reported. We should do one of those Freedom of Information Act requests on that, because at the moment, the policemen are keeping it under their hat. Oh, dear. Just how many sheep did Mary walk across that bridge? I went along to find out. Yes, Steve, I'm here at London Bridge to see this freeman, 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 walk these sheep across the bridge. Well, let's have a look. There's one, two, three sheep, four sheep, five. Yeah, I didn't think that through. Kent is known for many things. The cobnuts, the orchards, the attractive cover presenters on radio. But there's another thing we should be known for. The massive spiders. Elsewhere in the UK, you come home, turn on a light, and see a small spider suddenly run off. Here in Kent, you come home, turn on the light, see a spider that's so big, it runs over to the light switch and turns it off again. Anyone who follows me on Twitter will have seen the pictures of the massive spider I've been living with. We've been taking selfies together. Let's have a look at some of the replies we've been getting. Debbie said, ooh, gross. Laura said, look at those hairy legs. Andrea said, that's enough to make any woman scream. And what did they say about the spider? But now there's a new spider they've discovered that we have to hope never finds its way to Kent. It's Pocillotheria metallica tarantula. Metallica tarantula? Who names these things? What a teenage goth. And it's blue. 
It's bright blue. Scientists don't know why it's this color. I can't think of any reason either, other than it's on its way to a fancy dress party as one of those things from Avatar. It actually has little white stripes on the blue color as well. It's currently listed as critically endangered. Hmm, maybe if you stop dressing like a Chelsea supporter, you wouldn't be eaten so much. This blue spider is only found in India, but if it comes over here, I think it might thrive. Why is that? Well, it's bright blue. And while being bright blue in the wild might not be great camouflage, if you sneak into someone's house and sit on their freshly painted white or cream wall, no one dare have a go at you with a rolled up newspaper. There's no stopping it. It's that time of year again when the nights draw in and the TV execs expect us to waste more of our lives sat in front of the box. We've been introduced to the lineup of so-called celebs on Strictly Come Dancing, and now it's the turn of the new lineup on The Apprentice, or as they're also known, next year's so-called celebs on Strictly Come Dancing. There's an array of business wannabes that Lord of Sugar will put through their paces. Now, if you're busy, let me save you some time. There'll be one of them that does a piece to camera and says, I can sell. I can sell coal to Al Gore. I can sell ice to Iceland, the shop, not the country. I could sell top-end items to the indigent that they don't need because I have no morals. I can sell. And then in the boardroom... Well, you didn't sell anything. You're fired. I love it. It's like televised pride coming before a fall. Then, on advert week, one team will make a masterpiece. It is hope, ambition, desire. Out now. And sure enough... You didn't mention the product. In the interview week, one will be asked about Sir Alan's businesses and they'll say, Oh, uh, uh, I knew I should have Googled something. Uh, he invented sugar? And after all that, the one who wins will be the one with the business idea that Alan liked right from the start. But having said that, I'm still glad it's on. It keeps Lord Sugar busy. In America, their host of The Apprentice went on to run the country. So at least we know when our Apprentice host says, You're fired. He's not talking to some thermonuclear missiles. Oh, controversial on this. Are you going to talk about Jeremy Corbyn's speech and say it was so good someone fainted two days before it even happened? That's a long shot, but no. You know how I spend a lot of time in cafes? So much so that my loyalty cards are worth more than my pension. So I was interested to hear of a cafe that has caused outrage. It's banned children under 12. It doesn't just mean it won't serve under 12s, although that makes sense. If a child asks for a triple shot latte, forget offering a cake or muffin, gonna need a crash helmet. Parents have taken to the internet to complain in what must be the first time parents have complained about something online. I haven't checked, but I can't imagine it happens every day and gets in the Daily Mail. Now, if there were only one cafe in town, that would be terrible, banning parents from having a nice cuppa and a natter. But there's no way there's only one coffee shop in town. These days, there are so many. I heard of one that opened in the back of another shop, and that other shop was a coffee shop. So this ban means there's one venue people could go to to avoid having children running around near them. It's not a very popular thing to say, so let me pretend someone else is saying it by using another voice, and he joins me now. Hello. Hello, Steve. So what's your objection? Health and safety. Why? The cafe is the one place where every table's got a hot drink on it, and you wouldn't be allowed to run around a playground holding a table, so... I'm not sure that's the same thing, but sometimes you want some peace to work. Sometimes I don't want to hear crying, screaming and running. No, get enough of that. The one who will stand up gigs. 
Have you ever forgotten your purse or wallet? I know I certainly have. Normally when it's your round. Yeah, it's coincidence that. Well, in the future, you might not even need a wallet. Fingo Pay is being introduced, where you pay for things using your finger. And if you've left that at home, you've got bigger problems to deal with. Forget paying at the till, you'd best get yourself down to A&E. It's being trialled in a shop at Brunel University in London before being rolled out to the rest of the UK. More than 400 students have signed up to pay for their groceries via this finger pay system. And it's amazing! Students paying for their own groceries! You have to put the middle finger of your right hand on the infrared scanner and it reads the blood vessels beneath. I can see a problem right away. When the cashiers say, Are you going to pay? And you hold up your middle finger, well, that could escalate. Still, even if they misunderstand what you mean by presenting your middle finger, they'll still be less upset than they would be if you got your checkbook out. The big problem with these payment systems is that you have to touch something that thousands of people have touched before you. The cashier should say, Do you want cash back or norovirus? The problem with these new security measures is what criminals have to do to keep up to it. We've all seen the films. If they have to get past a hand scanner, they'll nick someone's hand. If they have to get past an iris scanner, they'll take someone's eye. This is why I'm not keen on the iPhone's new facial recognition system. If you get mugged for your phone, they'll have to take your whole head with them. Well done, Apple, you just made muggings worse. So if a criminal wants to nick your Fingo Pay account, they'll have to chop your finger off. Officer, help! I've been mugged! Don't worry, we'll catch him red-ended. Aww. Oh, sorry, no offence. Why not follow on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen? You could subscribe to the podcast as well. You do that by searching for Steve and Allen's Week in your podcast app.